I have the debate on in the background, but uh, so do we. I'm going to try not to look up. It's uh, <laughs> a bit of a bad <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Making you I was like, is this even worth watching? Was... <laughs> oh, man. Like, I I didn't have TV. I wasn't going to go search it out. I was mostly just going to get headlines, but oh, uh, uh, yeah. Everything's a headline, though. This is like <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I'm loving it. Everything I'm... that's being said is like you wanted to like, facepalm. <sighs> but it's like. Could there be a single person in the entire U.S. electorate who has not made their mind up one way or the other on these two people? Yet right, at this exactly. Point? What is like, the point of this right now? It's yeah. I, that's why I think there's there's actually nothing at stake in this debate because they're just gonna scream at each other and then it'll change zero minds. Yeah, you're right. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, my cue sheet file crashed while I was putting it together, so we're gonna wing it. We're gonna talk about stuff and review some stuff, but I have no idea what it's gonna be. Three people aren't here this week. Art, Kirsten, and Gabe Bowser. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. This is Geek Out, the podcast. <laughs> I don't think you said it just like Charles Martinet. That's great. <laughs> It's the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 104, I think, I hope. We record this yep. on Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. Uh, the cue sheet has barely been put together in the last half hour before we recorded. I had to start again because the job, whole bud. thing crashed. It's just, it's a little uglier and not as pretty, but uh, the show notes will be just fine. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know why, it's just today was an incredibly weirdly busy day, and then mm. the thing crashes on me, so... Blarg, what do you do? Always appreciative to have a cue shit at all. Oh, no, cheers. I, I, I use it, too, and, I mean, I guess I created this for me, and it just happens to work for you, too, so that's handy. Mm-hmm. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boitano. You can hear me every weekend, uh, 10 to 4 on Saturday and Sunday, and uh, doing the mixtape every weekday afternoon at 5 in the afternoon. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Back, baby. <laughs> afternoon Zone. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bulbasino, and I host that Afternoon Zone. And yeah, this is all we got, the three of us. It's been a while since it's been this crew. This mm-hmm. is a fun crew, though. Sure. And Just uh, the three stinky boys. Let, oh, I can uh, ooh, just stretch my legs out a little bit here and just to mention a couple of things off the hop, if oh, I boy. may. Uh, no, first, I really did want to uh, address, a, um, I told you guys, I got a phone call from pod listener number one, Mary Harrison. Oh, right. It was a good discussion. It started off, though, because um, she was saying on last week's pod that I was talking about how I didn't care for She-Hulk, and that type of character, which are, I feel, lazy spinoffs from a main character in any mythology or whatever it is, or comic book run, or however you say. And Mary was concerned that I was harping just on female characters, which I absolutely wasn't. And I've gone back and listened, and I think that, you know, I mentioned Superboy, and I think my, what was that line that everyone liked was... Uh, super dog su- and get fucked. Super dog right, and get fucked. Right. Thanks, Brian. And I, I, that's why I was like, I thought you were going to get a call from PETA. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's funny. But um, <laughs> no, I, and, and so I was I was very cognizant in the moment to mention, 
non-female characters because it has nothing to do with their gender one way or the other. But Mary, if Mary could confuse that um, and uh, got that from her perspective, then I just think it's important, you know, that that was up for up in the air a little bit and uh, need, needed a little bit of clarification. Nothing to do with the fact that it's She-Hulk. You know, what happened if uh, Bruce Banner's cousin happened to be a, a boy who got the blood transfusion? Would you call it He-Hulk to differentiate? Well, back, you know, back in the 60s or whenever they would have thought about this, they probably would have called it Boy Hulk or, you know, something <laughs> like that. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So, so completely, 100%, nothing to do with that for it to be a girl version of... Um, if if the if the Hulk would have come out as a female first, I'm down with it. That's the thing. When you talk about characters like Captain Marvel, I'm down because that's an original character. Actually, though, well, in movie form. But Brian, isn't it true that Captain Marvel was the new girl version of originally Captain Marvel was a boy? Well, yeah, so the Captain Marvel thing has a lot of history because Captain Marvel is technically Shazam. Yeah, as a DC character, um, right. it was a boy that turns into a man. Or in the television show, it was a boy that turns into it was it was a man that turns into a slightly older man. Right. Um, but yeah, called him Captain Marvel in the DC run. But what about the Marvel run? Uh, there's a couple. Yeah, there's this weird history with Cat because like Carol Danvers was also known as was it was she also known as Ms. Marvel? No, oh, no, Ms. that's Marvel's different. different. I think. Yeah, or maybe no, Ms. Marvel is uh, Kamala Khan. Yeah. Um, Captain, I'm just now. I have to. Now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, sorry. Next pod, so, I'm going to have to apologize. Oh my God, Danvers later became the first incarnation of Ms. Marvel. You are correct. I'm Ms. sorry. Mar- oh, okay, well there you go. When so her uh, DNA was fused with Marvel's during explosion. Right. Oh, weird. And Marvel was the original Captain Marvel. So maybe that's not a great example. Um, but in terms of the cinematic universe, when they present me a female character, I'm always 10,000% on board. It's just the nature of the lazy spinoff. And uh, Mary brought up a really great point that oftentimes that's where female representation lies, is these spinoff characters. And that's actually quite kind of a sad thing in its own right, that – all look, I'm a hundred, hundred million percent all for um, inclusive representation in media. I want there to be female characters and 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 all kinds of characters, so that every you know child, no matter what they look like, can see themselves represented on on screen and in comics and all that. Like a thousand percent. That's why I was kind of confusing that Mary thought that this was my point that I didn't like female characters or something. But no, it's just it's it's. I find it especially lame that. If the only female characters you see are lazy spinoffs of previously well-established male characters, mm-hmm. that's crummy. Mm-hmm. Give me original characters. That's all. That was that was my point. So I just wanted to clarify that because again, if if anyone got that wrong or or perceived that in a way from different from how I meant it. Then I, I wanted to clarify. Thank you. I appreciate your clarifying it. Um, yeah, and then I think we should also clarify too. Like it would also up, apply to non-binary Hulk. Non-binary Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Interestingly, just going back to Carol Danvers for a second, the character has been known as uh, Warbird, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and a character called Binary. Binary. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. So yeah, that's right. Give me strong female characters. Give me to them for real. 
And the only other example I could think of was, uh, you know, this Batwoman show, which is again in the news. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. I didn't watch minute the one of the, um, what's her name, Ruby Rose version of a Batwoman on TV. But equally, I did not watch, did not watch minute one of Gotham, which is essentially Batboy or Young Batman or whatever. It's these spinoffs that I can't handle. Give me the main narrative. Give me the story about the main interesting character or otherwise I, I'm just bored of it. I just find that the quality is not there. Yeah, I know for you it's not the gender. It's the, the, the veer and then the other veer and then the next veer. All these branches off the main source material. Yeah, that's where it gets. I just – I find to be lazy. Like don't get me wrong. I don't really care for anything about Nightwing. Mm. You know, who's like Robin all grown up. It's like, that's bad. But again, another branch off, you know, the original. Yeah. I had fully intended to watch um, Batwoman season one. And again, may get around to it. But A, I'm horrible at watching stuff. B, my list is gigantic. Mm. And C, it's DC, which is not, not really the, mm. you know, I tried. I did a season or three of The Flash. I did a season or three of Gotham. Uh, but yeah, DC. I, right? I want you to be better. I wish I'd, I did, but yeah, there's just too much better stuff. And Batwoman is actually another bad example because... Bad example. <laughs> uh, I, I also appreciate that these characters do exist and there is representation. I know Batwoman was very important to a lot of uh, like bisexual people or whatever because Ruby Rose is bisexual and that was great inclusion. Okay, so in the same way, and I think I even ended last week by saying, it's like, if you want She-Hulk to exist and you find value in that how wonderful i'm not, i'm not getting these things unmade for you i'm just explaining why i don't care for them and again where they have a representation well then great if people find uh, that they're good then then that's good for them and kirsten james is not here <laughs> and neither is art aronson so it's just uh just the three of us and uh, before we move on, uh, I have to address something that I had said in last week's pod. And oh. I, was very, uh, I had to actually go back and listen to it as well. And uh, I have to really apologize for one of the things that I said because I was kind of cringing when I, when I listened to it. Oh, whoa, what? Um, I had called Reed Richards Richard Reed. <laughs> and, you did not. Oh, did you? How and did, how did I, none of us I listened that? to it, and I was horrified. <laughs> I felt like Homer Simpson when he'd been calling Mrs. Krabappel Mrs. Crandall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was upset. I was upset with myself, yeah. so I need to clarify that. Encyclopedia Britannica rarely makes a mistake, but uh, good for you for owning up to it. Yes, yeah. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Ah, this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Uh, um, <laughs> did you do that by accident? I did that by accident. <laughs> the I, also, I also solved my headphone problem. A little bit inside baseball. I was having trouble with my headphones. Uh, honestly, user error, loose connection on my, um, on my cans. No, oh, you're right. You go. What's changed in this room week by week, especially now? I There are lots of things that I could or should be geeking out about, maybe, but I... Sort of interrupted the regular programming to talk about a recent surge of this, look what I found, Facebook Messenger phishing scam that yeah. has been going about based on the number of times that I received it just this past week. It is starting again. And so I did, I did my own research on this. I talked to a bunch of the people who got it. I found out where it led to, who they got it from. It's a lot of moms and grandmoms and whatnot. This happened... 
late 2017 was probably the big like this scam has been around for a while and it was it, late 2017 this video would go around from your you get a message from your facebook contact some random facebook contact probably someone you hadn't talked to in a while and it just says omg is this you like trying to make you think you're in a viral video or something i remember that one you click on it mm-hmm. or you click on this new one look what i found you know claims it's a youtube video and it asks you for your facebook credentials to watch the video which doesn't make sense you go to a youtube video you put in your credentials you're taken to a sweepstakes scam by then it's too late because you've hit a phishing site and they already have your credentials so i had to jump on my soapbox again and say a don't fall for this b if you do change that facebook password immediately and change that password if you use it on any other site and c don't reuse your passwords Mm. like if you use the same password for your facebook as you do for your bank and you get fished on facebook you know what's going to happen if you use the same password as you have for your email you are doubly triply screwed because if a scammer can get into your email they're going to start going through every social account or every type of account that you possibly have mm-hmm. and doing the reset password thing because they, now that they're in control of your email address, are going to get those password reset links and just start taking over your accounts one by one. So, thezone.fm slash geekoutbasics. I said it then, I will say it here. It's a collection of internet safety things. Please uh, stay safe out there. Constant vigilance. So, like, the look what I found, the look what I found, um, like message that has like a link, right? Yeah, and so it's, you it's meant to look link. like a YouTube video. Right. You click on the link and it goes to a phishing page that looks like a bad uh, imitation of Facebook. Oh, okay. And then it asks you to put your username and password. Yeah, in to there. view the video content. Right. Yeah. So by clicking the link, if you click the link and then you haven't gone a step further than that, you should be okay. You're still safe. Yeah. Like I say, I did my own research on this, but I haven't had, like, I had a sandbox, uh, which is sort of like a like a safe, self-contained uh, virtual system. I had that on, on an old desktop, which died, so I haven't had a chance to recreate the sandbox, so I didn't go to this site myself. I just relied on the people who, um, who were on my list who sent this to me uh, to figure out the steps of what happened. Um, so I got I to get that sandbox up and going, uh, just like a right. self-contained virtual machine, because it's a it's good safe way to test things which could be viruses or oh. spam, uh, spam like that fairly geeky yeah no interesting I, so i got this just today actually oh wow yeah and i i had the moment of trepidation because i didn't know i hadn't heard this from you yet i didn't know this was the new version oh, wow of this phishing scam and so here's my response you both can back me up when we have to take the stupid corporate like here, don't click on things training again next year i don't need to take it because here's what I responded with, because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't click it. Good. I said, what is it? I'm not supposed to open links on my work computer. Smart. Okay? Smart man. The person has not gone back to me. Clearly, they, they've they been taken over. Their Facebook, like, or what is this? Yeah, it, it, it's either that or they haven't used it in a long time because they didn't send this message. They're not actively watching it. Or you are correct. They have been locked out of their own account. Right. You know, luckily, all the people that I talked to were still, you know, they still had access to it. But I'm just like, change your password. Um, and then I'm trying to look now because I'm looking at it. I'm, there is not a really great way... 
to report this because you would think that you should report it and Facebook should be on this thing, this horrible thing that happens within its garbage platform. So that's a really good call. Facebook has a lot of things where you yourself can say something may have happened to my account and you do security check and whatnot. But you're right to report somebody else who may have been taken over, whose account may have been compromised. No, to my knowledge, you're right. So I clicked on the report thing and it's just like, well, why are you reporting this? Is it hate speech? Is it causing harm to yourself or others? And the only relevant thing I could click was like, it's pretending to be someone else. And then yes. like, who? Is it pretending to be you oh, or a celebrity? Geez. It's like, no, it's <laughs> pretending to be the person that sent me this, and that's not an option. So anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, actually, because I tried doing that for my grandma once because she had that happen to her. And I looked – and when you look up her name on Facebook, there's like multiple accounts with some of her profile pictures. Damn. And they're – yeah, and there's so many different accounts, and it's like this has got to be all like fake. So I – try to report those accounts but it doesn't you, there's no option for that that it's it's mimicking the the actual person that that should own that account facebook is such a huge machine i reckon it would take a building of people working full-time around the clock to individually deal with all of these requests which is why i think a they make it a little bit abstruse Mm. to to report these things because they really want the people who are dedicated to to actually properly reporting this to it's a bit of a stringent way to to weed out the casual reporters i suppose and b i know they had uh problems with this a while back before they expanded their their type of language people were reporting uh you know copyright images or you know puppies being heard with as like hate speech or because they, they weren't being given very many options so they have expanded those but it's still it's still not the most um friendly system all right so coming soon only one trailer this week the haunting of Bly manor <laughs> Netflix series, October 9th. Is this the same? I didn't have a chance to watch this. Is this the same Haunting of Bly Manor that sort of has been coming that we've been talking about? Yes. There's only just one? It's It's just this Netflix series? Okay, This is Well, because this is technically season two of The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who's... Is this Netflix? (laughs) Yeah. Confusing. (laughs) Confusing. (laughs) I'm sure they'll stop doing it now that you're yelling at them. Yeah, now that you're yelling. No, so like what they're trying to do they're trying to do is like a haunting series and it's all anthology right this is a brand new story does not uh does not talk about the same family from the last uh last show uh this is a brand new family but the interesting thing is is that some of the actors from season one are now playing different people in season two. Oh, that's right you mentioned that and that is fascinating to me i don't get that at all that to me seems that it would be a real um fourth wall breaker like it would really take you out of the mood of the thing we'll find out on october 9th but i think that's a strange move part of me though thinks that um it it is because like they they are very like even i've I've watched the haunting of hill house uh, so like i guess season one of this um, I guess it's like two or three times because there were a lot of other things like Easter eggs and there's this cool feature ad on the making of one of the episodes that that happens all in one shot. Oh, I um, love one shots. Ugh. Yeah, there was like the in the haunting of Hill House. I think one of like I think one of the penultimate episodes. I think uh, like before the the big finale. Good word for anybody this. who doesn't know. Penultimate means second to last. No, that no. There's only one penultimate. You can't say one of the penultimates, Brian. <laughs> Lock oh down. yeah, sorry. Close. Yeah. Lock it down. Oh, but yeah, you're like, but, but is like, hey, good use of the word, and then Paul's like, nope, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> 
part. Just if you're gonna use it slightly wrong, you've used it totally wrong. But am I right totally about wrong. this? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. No, I, and you can't, I, you can't be kind I, of pregnant. So anyway, I sorry, started no. by saying one of the <laughs> penultimate because I wasn't quite sure if it was the penultimate. So I was like, I, I was starting to think, oh, maybe it's just one. Well, this right, just say one of the episodes towards the end. See, now yeah. with Kirsten and Art here, we got plenty of room to stretch our legs oh, no. and f- argue over the word penultimate. No, this let's is great. not. Oh, this my is God. Parts of the other room. Art, we're glad no. you're not in here. No. She's sad already. We love you, Art. But there's already so like there's a 60 minute episode that that takes place all in one shot and and wow. it, the whole thing with with this show is that it takes place in modern times and then it also has flashbacks oh. right so they're actually going in between um, some like you know uh, some of the modern uh, part of the story which takes place in this funeral home and the flashbacks which takes place in this huge mansion so they they've constructed a huge set. To be able to like have the camera kind of on a track that goes almost like in circles around both sets yeah. that are that are constructed for for this one thing, and it's like really well done the way the way they do it all in the one shot. Uh, so the thing that I like about having the same actors is that it's just it, it is sort of that fourth wall break, like that kind of wink and nod to the to the uh, viewer. Almost as if like it's the the way that the the way it speaks to me is that it almost tells me that like this is your expect you, you should be expecting the exact same thing that you've got from that first season same first quality season and was, everything yeah it was pretty phenomenal but same actors is so strange it is a weird it's almost gimmicky but because look at I, I hear what you're saying Brian because the first or, or rather the second season. Look at all the seasons of Fargo, okay, which is one of the best shows going right now. Don't be so loud, mm. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> or just dipped his head in and said, stop being so loud, Paul. So he gets Nothing to schoolwork 20 feet from me. Uh, but, yeah, with Fargo, whole new season with a totally group, different group of actors. I mean, in that first season, you've got Martin Freeman is unbelievable and Billy Bob Thornton, which is like Steen's scene steely and just like unreal acting and so for second season it's like oh i don't know is this going to be same quality you know ted dancing now i don't know and it's awesome it takes you a minute or maybe let's say an episode to understand that the quality is going to be the same as season one if you like season one you're gonna like season two which is so totally different same for season three and now i can't fucking wait for season four that's all that's all it takes and it's kind of the same thing. Like, the HBO did that same thing with uh, what was the co- the cop drama from HBO that had different actors in the in the second season. Is that and the Wire? Mahershala- no, no, and Mahershala Ali was in the third season, and then it was good again. Oh, uh, True Detective, but True that, Detective that was risky, or it was like season two was bad, right? But you know, yeah, yeah, season two was bad, and then season three apparently was good again, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, amazing. So the th- I think the same thing can be said about this, though, in that, like, obviously this is going to be a test for them. Um, the thing is, like, all the actors were great in the last season. The interesting thing for this is to see how different their characters are and to see if they disappear now into these characters for season two or, like, for, for The Haunting of Bly Manor for this show or this series. And you, you almost don't even think about their characters in the first series that you saw. Right. And, and like that would, I think that to me would be an interesting thing. Yeah. It's a little bit gimmicky, but it's also a really good showcase of, of, you know, acting talent. You know, when 
The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask came out. I was really excited to play mm, it. Yeah. And indeed, getting in there, and we're dealing with the same child link as you had in half of uh, its uh, predecessor, Ocarina of Time, widely seen as one of, you know, an, a perfect game, one of the best, you know, radio games out there. Yep. So getting into Majora's Mask, it's like the same feel, the same everything. And seconds into it, you're jumping from thing to thing, and you do like a cartwheel, no hands, jump to mm. a third thing. I'm just like, oh, that is the coolest thing ever. You get into the game a few hours later and you get into Clocktown and you start going to the different areas that are around it and I'm like what that's the the exact same skit that's that's Malon from the previous game but now you're (laughs) this person they reused tons and tons of skins Mm. because I guess it was maybe a budget thing or a time crunch thing but they were all playing different people as it turns out didn't really affect it too much I you can't have Majora's Mask without Ocarina of Time, but putting the two together, Majora's Mask is higher on the list for me. Um, so this is a weird sort of parallel example because yeah. they're video game characters, but maybe it'll work. But so Brian, you, I by the way, I get that it's g- the same show. I was just doing a joke before because <laughs> 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 I'm sure it'll all be together under the same whatever. See, I totally and, didn't. So okay. really, well, I mean, I. I I knew the haunting of Hill House, and I knew this haunting of Bly Manor, but I hadn't seen the first season. I haven't ever played it. What did you think? It's like, why is this Bly Manor crap? We're ripping off Hill House. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have time to watch the trailer. Well, to be fair, there's only so many spooky things you can do to a house. Yes, you fair can enough. Haunt it, and I guess you can hide in the attic, but and you can put it on a hill, right? Yeah, yeah, and sneak down and eat the out of the refrigerator at nighttime. But that's there's not really a word for that. Anyways, <laughs> wouldn't make a good title for a show. No. Uh, the the time where a man hid in our attic and snuck down at night to eat our food yeah. of Bly Manor. No, it's not no, as good. No. But, Brian, you said Hill House was, like, rad, right? It's, like, a really, it's, like, one of the best horror properties that's come out in a long, long time. Yeah, as far as it goes for, like, a television show as well, I thought all around it was pretty well well done in terms of, you know, the the, the crafting. Like, because it's, it's a, yes, it's a horror movie. It's scary. But it also has a, a decent story, which a lot of horror properties don't really have right, a yeah. lot of the horror properties are just plot devices to to scare you right and you know this one doesn't always use jump scares there's you know there's a couple of jump scares in the haunting hill house that really got me and lisa <laughs> oh, wow. we actually had to pause and laugh at how how big we like how <laughs> no way hardcore we jumped and yeah that's, that's a sign yeah. yeah that's really um, cute also yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so i think as far as a, like a, a horror television show goes this was one of the better ones for sure sweet uh maybe i'll watch it during spooky month which is have October. you seen hill house yet no i haven't watched any of it so oh okay yeah but- so like and the great thing about it so Oh, I'm kind of jealous that you haven't you watched it yet because then you'll get to be experiencing it for the first time. But it, like, so the great thing about it is you go through it, go through the first season, and then don't even watch it again for the second time. But go back and skim through some of these episodes because there are little Easter eggs where you'll actually, if you watch it again or you watch certain scenes again and you're looking not necessarily at the main characters but off in the distance or whatever, you'll actually see they've they planted ghosts throughout the house. Oh. Ghosts that don't, they, 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 they aren't like, they don't have any um, effect on the plot or anything like that. They're just like, oh, they walked by this thing and there was, oh my God, there was a face in the mirror or whatever. Uh, that's oh, that's spooky and I kind of like that. And it reminds me of the Haunted Mansion from Disneyland for some reason, but uh, <laughs> I'm into it. I, I uh, yeah, I could use a little, and, okay, and that one came out, is it last year at Halloween time too? 
I think so. I think this was yeah last. Was it last year? It must have been last year. So I I like that they have got themselves over at Netflix a little yearly Simpsons Halloween special that 2018 actually. Okay. Oh, so 2018. Okay. Yeah. Two years later, and uh, <laughs> now we're all excited for a Halloween. The this like the their Halloween special. As yeah, a their series, treehouse essentially. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like either this or Stranger Things. So great. Dang, that treehouse of horror is funny. Oh, and see now, it'd be really. It's actually pretty cool that you um, that you compare it to that because it's like then Homer's playing a different guy in one of the skits, and you know, and and you get to see him play Dracula in one thing and him play the victim in the next thing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So that's the only thing we have coming soon. Not coming soon. A couple things. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been pushed, so it is now releasing after WandaVision, but before Loki, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, and Moon Knight. Well, and this came out in the same week, I guess, that it became official. I don't think we touched on this last week, that we are now going to go a full year without a Marvel property being released. Uh, I know. Yeah. A full, this is the first time this has happened since, what was it, 2009? Yeah, the global pandemic. And yeah, this year doesn't count, I guess. This year is just like nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Which, you know what? As we look back on this weird time, that's I think that's appropriate almost. This the Marvel movies had been such a staple of our lives for the past eleven years. I sure. mean that's something. And honestly, now's the time for a break. Now is the time for a break. That is a nice aspect too. If you're feeling a bit of the uh, the the superhero fatigue, which I'm not for Marvel. Marvel's does it at a high quality level, but it's also it feels appropriate that they're not just trying to carry on as if everything's normal. There will be this year that when we look back at the release date years of all this cinematic universe, there is this 2020 sized hole yeah. at that point, and we are like, oh, and that was pandemic year, right? Rather yeah. than trying to plow these things out like Trolls World Tour and what have you. Imagine though, and I think I might have said this before, but imagine uh, the Avengers uh, Infinity War was released a year later, and so we would have been in between oh, man. Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, man. And we would have still been like, everybody snapped away and we still don't get any closure. Oh, man. <laughs> Had to wait an additional year or year. Well, because like Black Widow is like a full year away, right? From it was original. Supposed to re-release uh, May of 2020. Crazy. Now it's May of 2021. Wow. Yeah. And it, what's funny about it, too, though, or what's interesting is that of all of these things that are being released, I think that Marvel would have been the best positioned to successfully release a movie like anything from its cinematic universe. Yeah. But so maybe I wonder if they don't have such high hopes for Black Widow or they're not as confident, I should say, in that movie because I think that, let's pretend, right, let's shift the pandemic back a year. If we're all dying to see Endgame, right, the hype around mm -hmm. this great biggest movie in the world was, you know, colossal, do you think Marvel would have been like, nah, we're tenanting this, we're, we're going to oh. put it out in the theaters, we are going to put it, or we're going to you know, combo it, both theaters and home release, would, would the demand have been so great that they would not have pushed it back and it probably would have done the billion-dollar business that it did? I don't know. For this, I think it's still a little bit more of a numbers game. Like, maybe so if they were like, oh, Ant-Man 3 was supposed to come out this year, 
right? But mm-hmm. like, I think for this, it's more of a numbers game. And it's funny too because like, um, I think we were talking about this one, uh, like a pod ago or two pods ago that the numbers for different movies like Tenet and uh, that that were that had come out, they were reported really weirdly. Whereas like, I, I think it was like two pods ago that we were talking about this. We didn't even really know what the was it forty million they made? Was it a hundred million they made? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, where there were, were they? a few sets of numbers. The same thing apparently is happening with Mulan. Where there are different reports as to how much money it's made or how much money it hasn't made. Uh, and the thing that I'm hearing, I'm starting to hear of more is that it really didn't do, it wasn't the greatest test for um, Disney and Disney Plus. No, which is, but we knew this one was sort of tainted from the start. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Because of like all the other controversy. But I think they just don't necessarily want to risk um, a bad box office for Black Widow. I think in this sense, they they believe it could do well. And I think Marvel is also in a, a really good place to sort of survive a pandemic like this. I, I like I don't think having a year of no Marvel movies is going to affect their audience. I think like once this is all said and done, once we've all had our well, not I guess all had our vaccinations. There's some people that will probably refuse once the to vaccinations are like, out. <laughs> once the vaccinations are out and mm-hmm. we can start kind of going to uh, movies uh, in sort of mass numbers again. I think Marvel knows and they're confident that people are just going to flock back to the theaters to see a Marvel movie. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, you could be right about that. Oh, by the way, you brought up Mulan. I finally got around to watching it oh, yeah. this past weekend. So, um, yeah, I wish I didn't spend forty dollars on it. Oh, but <laughs> did you at least have good uh, good Chinese food or Thai food? Yes, Thai food, yeah. we actually yeah. did have Chinese food this time. Oh, hilarious! Yeah. Oh, good, you got it right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we Asians all look this. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, more. <laughs> what oh, happened? No. What's what? Did you say something under your breath that's going <laughs> to lead to another clarification in the next pod? <laughs> uh, no, because everybody believes that all Asians look the same. Anyway, um, yeah. it was Asian food. Um, so more <laughs> delays. Black Widow has a new date of May 7th, 2021. Mm-hmm. West Side Story is now December 10th, 2021. Good music in West Side Story. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. And Eternals uh, will that's now be November that's, that's, 5th, 2021. Sorry, yeah. Never, West Side Story, this is why Cats was all also did so poorly i think there's no good music in cats cats is a junk musical there's not a single good song memories is the best song and it's awful it's so bad west side story oh my god good tunes yeah fair and then um so there was, was there a there was a delay as well for shang chi or it just says other other Marvel releases, such as Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Eternals, will debut deeper into 2021. No specific dates that I can I find. think the, the significant thing, though, about this is that Shang-Chi, which was supposed to head to theaters after the Eternals, is now going to be before the Eternals. Oh, I've got a date. Uh, July 9th, 2021. It was going to be in May. Yeah, so this was, like, they're switching things up here, where it was going to show up after the Eternals. And I, I, I guess that maybe means that it, the plot doesn't really yeah kind like, of affect itself I, I thought, or uh, the each each other i thought they couldn't do that i thought they had too many plans and does it this- depends right like so some of these new ones a lot of the connections really are are really in just the post credit scene right you know like a lot of the new properties um that they have like so like ant-man 
they talk about a couple of things with the Avengers in Ant-Man 1, mm. but they don't necessarily, doesn't, Ant-Man doesn't necessarily affect the plot too, too much. And then that whole fight with Falcon was like kind of added in there, right? Um, but then the majority of like the, how Ant-Man's going to join the rest of the MCU was explained away in the, the post credit scene. And that was the same thing with all the other phase one properties, right? Um, so I'm assuming that what's going to happen here is that like maybe they're just going to change up the post credit scene. Like one of the podcasts that I was actually listening to is is, is saying <laughs> they're kind of laughing at this. It's saying that like all the Marvel post credit scene directors are all kind of in a scurry right now, like <laughs> scrambling, <laughs> like oh we got to rewrite this this scene and stuff. It makes me wonder if after all the Blu-rays come out, the, people are going to have like a different uh, machete order to to mm. watch all of the Phase Fours in, yeah. based on how they were going to supposed to be released. And uh, boy, yeah, a lot of overthinking. Yeah, I, I've now found a huge list of um, of things that are coming up. Like Soul is still coming November twentieth. Uh, that's Disney Plus, right? Yeah. The King's Man will be February 12th next year. There's a Bob's Burgers movie, April 9th. That's kind of cool. A Jungle Cruise, uh, July 30th, 2021. Um, yeah. Oh, Cruella, May 28th, 2021. What? Is this a Cruella DeVille movie? Seems so. This is the first I've seen of it. What? Is live action or cartoon? No, live action. I think Emma Stone's playing Cruella DeVille. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember this now. That's right. That's right. That's right. Good luck, Emma Stone. You look great in a picture here or there, but are you going to out Corella Glenn Close? Mm. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> so on to proper geek news. It looks like Samuel L. Jackson will play Nick Fury in, the, in a new Marvel Disney Plus series. That is really something. See, this is funny because like I... And this is in around the beginning of the pandemic when things started getting canceled. I brought up the potential of a Nick Fury show on Disney Plus but my understanding was that maybe it was just going to be like Nick Fury's voice to a cartoon or it's it's just going to be like the Nick Fury files where he, he sets up like hey remember when Black Widow and this person did a thing or it'll be like Charlie's Angels where he's just on the intercom yeah, but then I don't know. Like I, I get this. This news story makes it seem like it, it is going to be an actual thing. Like it's going to be a full-on acted. Like Nick Fury is going to be doing a. Yeah, there's no details about it, but it is a series currently in development at Disney Plus. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. What would you guys rather see? Would you guys rather see? Because the last time we saw Nick Fury, he was in space. Mm. Would you rather see Nick Fury doing space things? No. Or would you rather see him doing spy things? Spy things. Yeah, I think probably spy things. Why not both, Brian? Why not both? Spy things in space. Yeah, spy things in space. Spy things in space. Or spy things and then space things. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, or vice versa. I'm sure they're going to somehow answer the 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 space thing because that was a post credit scene from Far From Home, right? You think so? Yeah. I mean, no. I'm saying they're going to answer that probably in a movie, not necessarily in this series. I'll bet. Yeah, you- I thought they were like. I thought that was going to be maybe like setting up a Captain Marvel thing or, mm, or yeah. yeah, yeah, something. She'll transport him back home for the series. Who knows? Yeah. Who yeah. Knows? I have. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want it to be like. Nick Fury prequel stuff though, like I kind of like what they didn't, where they aged him down in Captain Marvel because, like we were talking about, and I think even Kirsten brought this up in the pod when we were reviewing Captain Marvel. When he moves during an action scene, he moves like 
old Samuel L. Jackson. Ah, sure. <laughs> he sure. runs, he's like shuffling. Yeah, I was okay. Like, look, don't get me wrong. The technology is fantastic. And, you know, while watching Captain Marvel, aside from maybe a few action scenes, there was no point at which I was like, uh, you can see the strings of his face. Like, yeah. they do a really good job of that. But I don't want to watch that for a whole series. I, no. Like, it served its purpose because Captain Marvel was the one-off, happens in the 90s. Do not make me watch a whole series like that, please and thanks. Yeah, and it was like, it was a cool one-off because you see Nick Fury in a different light, right? He's yeah. not like a straight-edged, like, hardcore spy. He's still kind of that, not really a rookie cop, but like, he's he's more light, light-hearted and he jokes around, he sings and, you know, he's... Yeah, he's a little bit – he was more of the comedic uh, portion of that movie. Yeah, but I mean – so whatever it is though, I just think you put Samuel L. Jackson's chops into a TV show on Disney Plus and it's like it's great. And that's that's what I appreciate about Disney Plus in these shows that they're putting out is there are no secondary tertiary – well, I guess you could say secondary characters, but there's none of these like – cranking them out for the sake of network television, Netflix and network shows like even, you know, Jessica Jones and all these ones that I won't watch. It's like if you're going to be on Disney Plus, we're getting our A-list actors and our, you know, even B-tier characters because literally legit, like all the Falcon, Winter Soldier, Wanda, Vision and now Nick Fury. Those are your B-tier. They're not your Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Thor that get the movies named after them. But they're right behind them. It's not like, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type of who gives a rip about these characters. It's pretty big names. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, we don't get a Luke Skywalker TV show, but we get Boba Fett. Okay, great. Thanks, Disney Plus. Decent. And there's, there's, yeah. not, there's not even a bunch of that crap to clutter it up. Honest, you know what I mean? It's like it's only that decent tier. Not like Netflix, where every other thing is a bunch of trash. La quality over quantity. Exactly. Thank you. And I and I agree. I I totally agree. I I don't call. I personally don't call Daredevil and Jessica Jones and all that kind of stuff trash. Well, Iron Fist was a little. Shitty, <laughs> um, those ones, like I think they served its purpose. And if if Marvel and Disney they want to bring those actors back, I think they'll end up having at least. A fa- like an a, like an established fan base of people that liked and cared about those shows, and would be interesting to see how those characters, even if soft rebooted, will fit into you know the greater MCU. Um, but you're right; I think as sort of secondary characters, like if Matt Murdock were to show up in the next Spider Man, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to see him as Daredevil. I just want to see him as the lawyer Matt Murdock, and then if we want, we can get to that later. Yeah, hints of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javicia Leslie, I think I'm saying that right, has revealed a uh, first look at herself in the Batwoman costume ahead of season two. Again, uh, Kate Kane, Ruby Rose left the, uh, the show uh, after the first season. Quite a shock. So we have a black actress, bisexual, uh, who's going to play um, Ryan Wilder uh, in the show. And Ryan Wilder in the show is a, a lesbian. And the shot of her in the Instagram shot 
which is tagged in Vancouver because that's where they're shooting it, mm. looks pretty badass. Yeah. It's got a whole bunch of fake camera stuff on the outside but it's pretty funny because you got like shutter 180 you got your white balance 3200k at the lower left you have something that says bat 14.1 <laughs> volts <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks pretty great again with the red wiggy hair you don't like that uh it it took me out of it a bit when i first saw it in the room the ruby rose uh costume do you know why i love it tell me it reminds me of original 1960s Batman. Fair. Right? Yeah. That was okay. Barbara Gordon, and part of her costume was a totally different colored hair. Yeah. I think it was red hair. And this is the, the like, the red hair is, like, actual costume, right? It's not the act- their actual hair. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It is part of the, well, no, of course, because, yeah, you look at Ruby Rose's character with her short, dark hair. Short hair, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so I, I think it's kind of a neat throwback, but as much as I want to praise this photograph, it's very similar to, did you ever see those, the series of pictures that Disney took where it was, like, Queen Latifah dressed as Ursula from Little Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. There was other ones to uh, play, you know, it's like actors, big name actors playing uh, like their cartoon villains. Similarly, I love that picture. I don't want to watch a Little Mermaid live action movie with Queen Latifah as the Ursula Sea Witch. So, the same thing. Beautiful picture. Looks great in the costume. <laughs> I'm not going to watch the show. I'm no, no, you're that. not. <laughs> but I'm glad it exists. Are you going to watch new Justice League scenes that Zack Snyder is reportedly going to shoot in October? I guess I have to, right? <laughs> what is happening? What is he doing? Why is he doing this? I, but this was really funny because it's like... It's a do-over. Uh-huh. Do-over. It's all... Yeah, it's, it's not even a director's cut at this point. It's, no. It's no. making no, up if you're shooting it. new scenes, then there's, yeah. It almost... It's almost cheating. Yes, it's bit. definitely cheating. This is not 100%. a director's cut, because a director's cut is a re-edit of the footage that you already shot. This is... We... He's, yeah, reshoots? He, he's redoing the assignment, basically. Yes! yes! That's a good call! Totally! That's exactly... Okay. He managed to pull it off the teacher's desk a little bit, just put their stuff in. We need somebody, maybe there's someone who listens to this podcast. I know there are people out there who are so desperately in love with the Zack Snyder cut before they've seen it, but they have so much like <laughs> fervent, religious awe and respect for this cut they haven't seen. Please reach out to us. Please yeah. email Who's the guy us. that chirped at art? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on her Facebook. Let's get, I want to I know what he has to say. Uh, yeah, like, w- can you please explain to us what is the big deal about this and how isn't this cheating? Because we're all joking around. Oh, it's cheating. Oh, this doesn't count. Do over and all that. But how is it not? How is it not? What's the other side? I want to know that perspective. Please, can you write to us and tell us? We will read it verbatim, no matter long it is. Please write to us and tell us why to be stoked for the Snyder Cut, because I just don't have that perspective. I will watch it. I'm curious more than anything else, but I want that it'll be good no matter what perspective. You know, tell us on our Facebook group, please, because I hear possibly that Geek Out at the Zone.fm is not working again. I haven't had a chance to troubleshoot that, so yeah, go to the facebook.com slash group slash the Geek Out Pod. Please join us there, because there's actually always a lot of great stuff from the Joels and the Marys and, and the Robs and, and the Sheps. Uh, there's always a lot of great content going through there. So yeah, please join us there and let us know how, why, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, because what was interesting with this is that, like, 
the, I think what had me more intrigued, uh, I like, and the the news about him doing reshoots has me a lot less intrigued. What had me intrigued in the first place was that um, everybody's saying, "Oh, Zack Snyder now gets to have his original vision for this movie put out there." But if you're doing reshoots, that's not the original. That's vision. not your original vision. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Well, good, and hopefully Henry Cavill shaved this time, and I just can't wait to see this thing. I cannot. More DC stuff. There's going to be a Peacemaker TV spinoff, Peacemaker from the Suicide Squad, by James Gunn, starring John Cena. Wow. Ordered by HBO Max. Wow, that's a. There's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. I wow. Yeah. I don't know. Aside from the main character and what they're all about, everything else in that sentence, I'm kind of on board with. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, right? It's like, well, Suicide Squad. I'm well on record saying don't give a rip, but right. but I think it's the the forced team up of that of those characters that I really don't care for. So okay, just one guy. Good TV. HBO Max, they don't make garbage. Nope. James Gunn, I trust. Yep. John Cena, he needs to be in more things. He's so wonderful. Oh, he is great. Do you yeah. find that too, even though you don't watch wrestling? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, because okay, I, I, I think saw him in the Transformers movie. Yeah. And like, he's he's just in a bunch of stuff. Have you seen Blockers? No, what's that? Blockers, he, oh yeah. He can do comedy. It's Whoa. not a great movie, but he can do comedy. Is he's he good funny, in that? Like, he's got... Yeah, he's pretty funny. Okay, and he's right. got comedic chops. Well, he yeah, and that's the thing. He he does have these moments as these characters where he gets some opportunity for comedy, but that's not the overarching thing. He's supposed to be, you know, the tough guy or whatever. So, well, yeah. I think this though. Like, have you have you seen that? Have you seen him in his costume as Peacemaker? No, I just seen the ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, his ridiculous. Like, good, bad. Oh, it's ridiculous! It's like it's like campy, and and mm. obviously it's like it's very much a James Gunn thing. Like it's it's seems like this is straight out of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my god! Oh yeah. my goodness! Yes, I'm having a look at this now. It is the most plasticky silver Halloween costume. Yeah, silver top of his head, uh, and then he's, bright colors, the red primary and blue, color, yeah, and the short sleeves so his muscles can come through. He looks ridiculous. I remember now. I did see this in an Instagram thing but it just it went by so fast he looks wow there just doesn't seem like there's any way that he could do like a peacemaker show without making it campy and mm. very sort of satirical not right? looking like think, this i think john cena can pull that off like the guy has to be over the top ridiculous and peacemaker is like he's if captain america were an asshole right it's like right. sort of the captain america type character but instead of like, oh, well, Steve Rogers wouldn't kill a guy, you know, he would he would go to all sorts of lengths to become to be the peacemaker, you know, to he would he would, you know, cut off terrorists heads and stuff to to make sure that, uh, you know, the good guy was safe. Um, and it's he's that over the top. Right. And that's that's just his character. So it'll be interesting to see John Cena do this. But I'm. I'm willing to put money on the fact that it's not going to be like a super serious thing. Like it's just going to be John Cena mostly using his comedy chops over his action chops. And again, looking at that costume, one would think it would have to be because you're not going to be able to take him seriously. It looks like a Chrome Captain America costume. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, the teaser art for the HBO show 
is uh, the comic book character's face, but looks exactly like John Cena. Yeah. And yeah. the the only words on it are "fuck." It's Peacemaker. Oh, that's right. Which I thought was pretty <laughs> clever. That was great. So I think clearly they're going to play it up. It's going to be like half a Deadpool type of thing. You know, play yeah. up a bunch of cuss words and all that. Um, so that was a run of DC news. I'm going to throw in something not on the cue sheet that I found late breaking news. Um, the Borat sequel <laughs> will be on Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> And it will come out in late October. Uh, there's no date, but the headline on deadline says uh, right before Election Day, which is pretty <laughs> crafty as far as I'm concerned. Again, not going to change anybody's mind, but um, pretty clever timing. Have you heard the title for this? No. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. It's called Borat. Gift of pornographic monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. Unbelievable. Isn't that so good? <laughs> Mikhail <laughs> Pence. Isn't, Unbelievable. Isn't the best joke I saw on Twitter about this was, okay, so we're calling it Borat 2 then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, phenomenal. Because, like, the original title, nobody calls Borat Borat to make benefit glorious cultural of, learnings of America for make right. benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Right. Nobody calls everyone's just gonna call it Borat too, but that is hilarious that, that that's the is title. Hilarious. Oh my goodness. Cannot <laughs> wait. Whatever it is, cannot wait. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so Damon Lindelof says that it would be a betrayal to make another season of Watchmen after it won um, 10 Emmys, I think, uh, for limited series. And he's got a point. But he's, uh, he won't be doing it, but he does say that uh, somebody else could if they wanted to. Was that Lindelof? Yeah. Who said that? Yeah. I watched a thing this morning while I was pooping. About Thanks, Paul, very much for that detail. Well, I'm sure what, we all. What do you guys do when you're pooping? I can't poop okay. anymore. Just tell me what you. Just on. tell me. Just no, no, read I, the shampoo bottle. You can't really do that anymore. No, you know what I do is I tweet. I'm reading Twitter while I'm pooping, and then when it's wipe time, okay, then Paul. I prop. I just get a YouTube going, and I need at least a four minute YouTube video. Oh, okay. um, but and it because yeah. Just Anyways, uh, that's about the time it takes. Thank so, you. but so I, today this morning during wiping, I was um, okay, Paul. <laughs> Watching this YouTube video, <laughs> Damon Lindelof explaining his like reverence for Watchmen, and it was really fascinating actually. So he tells this story about when he was a little kid, his dad brought his mom and him to a comic convention. I think it was in New York City, but it was like a massive comic collector's convention. This is back, you know. I don't know how old Lindelof is, but a long time ago, where these comic conventions weren't like the cosplay and fun that we're thinking of today. It was legit, you know, like uh, grown men collectors pouring through mountains of comic books trying to find, you know, their one that they were looking for, right? Collector's item or what have you. And so what happened was when his dad was a little kid, his 
his mom, so like Lindelof's grandmother, threw away his dad's collection of comic books. Oh, dang. While he was at like oh, Boy Scout I hate camp. those stories. But his dad had made a meticulous list <gasps> of every issue. Oh, my. And so Lindelof and his mom were given these lists, copies of this list, to go through this Comic-Con. Wow. And find every single comic in his original collection. That's incredible. And they did. That's amazing. And so it was funny because Lindelof tells it as in that that's both his and his father's origin story. Hilarious. What a rare and precious thing. That's it's, so cool. Yeah, you should look us up on YouTube. It's like all totally. animated and everything and there's more to it than that. But then anyways, later they get to it that uh, the parents split up and then Lindelof was at his dad's place and his dad gifted him Watchmen and was like, you are not even ready for this yet. This is how good this comic is. But that his like reverence and love for this uh, comic is kind of what stems from there, from his dad's love. And I kind of forget how it ended because I guess I was done wiping. <laughs> Jeez, we had to come back to doing uh, HBO backstories. Watchmen is that uh, you think what about what it was? Yeah, that sounds right. Time checks out. It's four minutes and fifty one seconds. We'll link to this in the show <laughs> See, notes. See, I missed the last four fifty one seconds because I was done after I hate four you. minutes of Just wiping. Stop talking. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Watchmen came out in 1989, and uh, he, Little Love's quote is saying, this is something I've loved since I was 13 years old, so time, time checks out on that. Yeah. Um, I, would like to, I would like to talk about the song Nook's Bells by T-Pain, featuring yeah. Cardboard Cowboy and J.T. Hazard, um, because, wow, it's as weirdly legit as you can get for a rap song about a Nintendo video game. <laughs> and by the way, this was done in some kind of conjunction with Nintendo because it was released for the fall update, which happens on Thursday, October 1st. That's rad. Um, frickin', it's T-Pain, and this thing is legit. Like, I'm sure he's got a team of writers and whatnot, but... You can tell he knows what he is talking about. Oh, really? In, oh, yeah. Like just all the references to to Isabel and the and the Abel sisters, and just like he's probably one of these people, like Elijah Wood, like yeah. uh, Brie Larson, who play in love. Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Nintendo Switch, and it's hilarious. That, I mean, I don't know about a team of writers then. I think that, that I now believe that T-Pain loves Animal Crossing, same like you do, yep. and this rap sprang from his heart. Would love it. These bells and gunner in themselves. It's a great song. Um, my gal Kate found this, and we've been listening to it just on and off for days. It's just, it's so ridiculous <laughs> and so good, and I, it, it shouldn't be allowed. It's so weird and neat and fun. What's the big T-Pain song, Brian? Is it Low? Um, he's just featured on Flowrider on Low. He was featured, right? But Yeah, he's featured on a bunch of songs, but like his big song... Up, Down, Do This All Day. Shawty. Shawty Snapping. Oh, Shawty, yeah. I'm, sprung, I'm sprung. I'm in love with the stripper. Like... Yeah, I think I mostly know him from like features on other stuff. But but if you know the the other thing though about him, look up um, a video of him doing a live performance, singing 
Sam Cooke's change is going to come. No way. That guy has pipes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Buy I will also put that in the show notes. Shouty. I'm just wondering, like, now he's releasing this uh, song for a video game for children, mostly. No offense, bud. And <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to remember, because he strikes me as one of those, like, mid-2000 rappers who, yeah, was rapping about being in love with a stripper or... Lot, Buy lot you a drank. Yeah, a lot mm. of talking about jizz in that era of rap, as I recall. A lot, lot of skeet talk, right, Brian? I know he's not Lil John, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he did sing low, right? Like Yeah, sure he got low. Wow, wow, so wow. isn't that... No, wait, there's no skeet lines in that, is Boots there? with the fur. It all, you know, it all alludes to jizz. <laughs> when I think of that era of rap music, I think... There's a lot of jizz in there. A lot of jizz. Okay, I think it's time to speed round the last three stories. Um, the U.S. office cut a parody of The Matrix from its final episode. I what? wish, I wish they would have shot this. Why didn't they do this? Why can't we see it? Uh, would have been great. The Lion King sequel is to be held by Barry Jenkins. The live action Lights. one. What are they doing? How is this do a straight even, to VHS or what? Right. How do you even direct a movie that is entirely made on a computer? I don't Oof. Okay, Mulan drove it home. Stop making these live action movies. Just stop. Stop before you ruin the Little Mermaid on me. Quit it. These things don't work. They don't. Even with Mulan, you blew all this potential that you had. That was my most disappointing thing. All this potential to either make a sweet live action action movie that happens to star Mulan or do a shot for shot remake. You didn't either. You blew it. Stop. And once again, entire articles being made from single lines in interviews. Uh, John David Washington, uh, awesome of Tenet, was asked how he would respond if Kevin Feige asked him to play Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. And he said, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for taking me to this meeting. Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Because I thought it was going to be even less than that. I thought it was going to be like, what? I can't hear you. Yeah, okay. I'll, you can use it. Sure. <laughs> and then someone was like, yeah. oh, my God, he wants to play Reed Richards. And I thought he was going to say, uh, don't you mean Richard Reed? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Let's do some reviews and recommendations. Brian, Enola Holmes loved your uh, 91 second review. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I started thinking about it. It's like, and, and like, oh, I'm going to be talking about this in the podcast. I don't know if I have much more to say than 91 seconds. Then let's play the 91 said. second review in the podcast right now. Go. And now. A Zone at 91 3, 91 second movie review. Five, four, three, two, and... Action! Based on the first book in a series of novels by Nancy Springer, Enola Holmes is a charming, feel-good movie about a teenager with sleuthing skills comparable to her older brother, Sherlock. It stars Millie Bobby Brown in a role that showcases a much different side to what you may be used to seeing from her. I'm, of course, referring to her character of Eleven from the Netflix series Stranger Things. Night and day. Enola Holmes is a bright, confident, and witty character that serves as a perfect vehicle to advance Brown's star power and showcases her ability to carry what's set up to be another multiple-story franchise for the streaming service. Speaking of star power, Brown is supported by a notable cast including Helena Bonham Carter, Bern Gorman, and the Man of Steel himself, Henry Cavill, playing Sherlock Holmes. Overall, I would classify the movie as a decent and entertaining escape from modern reality. And while it seems to be about a half an hour longer than it really should, it's filled with moments that'll make you smile, gasp, and root for the main character. So all in all, it does its job. 
These days, many cynical movie fans sigh at the idea of franchise starters. We often roll our eyes in expectation of multiple sequels, seeing it as a plain money grab from movie studios. Now, in the case of Enola Holmes, you can really tell in many parts of the film that they're really trying to set this up as a series of movies rather than just one. But a series of movies starring one of Hollywood's most captivating young stars really wouldn't be such a bad thing. You could say that it would be elementary, my dear Watson. But to this day, I still don't really know what that means. Cut! That's a wrap! That was great! I enjoy the heck out of those. Please make more, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Because I didn't listen to it right now. <laughs> did you? I did listen to it. I, but I forget what you... I was also doing something else. What did Were you... Were you pooping? I don't know. I don't listen to things while I'm pooping. No. You can, and he my, can't because it, like, it, it, wouldn't, it would finish before he's done wiping. Exactly. Okay. It was a, That's it was right. A 91 seconds question. is not nearly enough time. Was it speed topic. round for wiping? That's Pete. crazy. This is the last I would thing never. I need to hear. Stop talking. But it's true. Yeah. I, my eyes have to be engaged for some <laughs> reason. I can't just listen. I lo- walk around the house constantly listen to stuff. Enola Holmes. Right. So, Brian, what was the gist? Yeah, watch it or... I mean, what a cast. Eleven and yeah. Superman yeah. are in it. Yeah, and it, and it was charming. I, I'm going to say that. It was charming. Like, I, I, it's might not... I think maybe my kids and my wife enjoyed it a little bit more than I did. Mm. Um, I, like, I wouldn't say it's it was, like, kind of good in terms of, like, my kind of movie. But I, I will say that it was, like, a pretty nice escape. And it's really cool to see Millie Bobby Brown in a role that I think this role is a really good sort of vessel for her stardom. Yeah. You know? Cause you see her as 11 in many seasons of stranger things. Uh, the other roles I saw, I think she was in that Godzilla King of movie. monsters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen her. I don't remember seeing her in, in, in much else outside of uh, like all of those. I'm, no, her I'm sure list is pretty small. Yeah. Um, but this one is like it's really good in that like she breaks the fourth wall she talks to the camera oh i love that um she her character is really like it like kind of lovely and quirky and so for this movie it's like it's almost one of those things that's like you, you kind of watch it if you want an escape right and yeah. this this movie was definitely one of those escapes it is one of those like all right here we go this is going to be a franchise Kind of things, and I, that's one of the things that I had mentioned in the review, in my ninety one second review, is that like a lot of people, and we talk about it in the pod, is that like sometimes that ruins it, you know, you, you, because you can tell right in the middle of the story, like, oh, this is not just a singular story; they're setting this up for multiple yeah. things. Um, but in this case, I don't think that would be a bad thing because we're not completely saturated on Millie Bobby Brown yet, especially in a role that's so night and day from her her character of Eleven. She has four um, film credits and six television credits. What a career. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then the rest of the cast, too. Like, I, I really liked Henry Cavill. And, like, you don't, he's obviously, he's not the main character, but he plays Sherlock Holmes. I mean, he's a little bit more of a kind of a caring and emotional character for this. And I I, I think that's going to rub, maybe rubs uh, some, like, hardcore Sherlock Holmes fans the wrong way. Um, but I really like what he did with this as, like, showing him as the older brother, kind of like the caring older brother. Right. Helena Bonham Carter, obviously. You know, <laughs> amazing. I, yeah, she's pretty amazing in everything that, that she does. Doesn't have a huge, huge role in this, but, like, uh, you know, when she shows up, you obviously you believe it. And then there's, like, other characters that sort of show up, but, like, they're all 
very, very secondary to Millie Bobby Brown. Like, this is very much her movie. I can't wait to see it. I'm stoked that it's a movie and not a series because when I saw the art on Netflix, I was like, oh, what the hell? Another Sherlock Holmes TV series is what I thought. Yeah. And now, Cavill? Are you kidding me? (laughs) And then... And then, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. But, oh, movie, it'll be over. And then, yeah, it's not really about him. Okay, all right, well, then good. Yeah, it's cool. And I think he's he's in it just enough. Like Henry Cavill's character, or like Sherlock Holmes is in it just enough. But it this is very much about his little sister. And it's like his, it's kind of cool to see like a character like this that's sort of that young, the young detective, but then also sort of showing up her older brother. Like she, she's got the smarts and, and everything like that. She can also defend herself and they go through like sort of her, her history of being raised by her mother and learning how to defend herself physically and everything like that. And uh, also like, yeah, it feels like her character, the way, and the way she portrays her character is just like, it would be an awesome role model. Like the, the movie itself is like PG 13. There are some, I guess if you're watching it with kids, there are some pretty violent scenes, especially kind of close to the climax. And oh. there's like this one scene where you're like, Oh, Oh, there's the 13 part of the PG. Um, <laughs> but like other than, otherwise, like this is a really cool character, especially if, if you're looking for a female character to look up to, this is, this is the movie, you know? Nice. Paul, you want to take us through the uh, the Comey roll? Yeah, so like we said this uh, debate was on tonight, and I am morbidly curious about the whole thing. I can't look away from this train wreck that we've been living through for the last four or so years here now. But uh, Love you, America. Good luck to you soon. Please yeah, do the right thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Showtime made this movie, or sorry, it's a miniseries called The Comey Rule, which is available now here in Canada on Crave TV. And I threw it on on like, I don't know, Saturday night, kind of before bed. And uh, before I knew it, I spent like all Sunday morning kind of getting through the entire thing because it was really engrossing. I, th- I found it quite good, and but it's not getting great reviews. And so I think you have to really kind of be into the story and kind of just take it for face value because there are some problems with it. And number one, as soon as you realize it's based completely on the book that James Comey wrote mm-hmm. um, and which is called A Higher Loyalty. And so obviously it's going to be one-sided. Kind of one-sided, yeah, and making James Comey out to be the hero of this story, which I was when I was watching it, I thought it was actually even-handed in showing that Comey was really doing what he thought was right throughout the thing. I should say too, the story takes you from uh, kind of mid twenty sixteen, where Comey is like investigating Hillary Clinton and the emails thing, takes you through the election of Trump and through to when Comey is fired and, and a little bit after, uh, which I guess was in twenty seventeen and. So, so yeah, you do. You get the sense from watching this movie that, like, Comey is trying really hard to be apolitical and just doing what he thinks is the right thing. But the reviews I keep reading are that, no, this is building him up as a hero that he just wasn't. And then you got Brendan Gleeson playing Trump. And wow. He's – I thought he was a good performance. There are times when he's, like, very villain – 
Trump, and then there's other times where like he's not actually not dopey enough. You know, like Trump, as evil as he certainly is, is also just a colossal dope. He's just a puffy, stupid, wah, 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 dope. What do you really think? <laughs> and Brennan Gleeson didn't really portray that. He portrayed him as like purely kind of a conniving evil. Sometimes he, you know, got caught in his own BS, but he just wasn't dopey enough. He wasn't, for everything about Trump, Trump is still kind of fun and funny and jokey and dopey. And there was none of that in the performance. He was just a truly evil villain character is how Gleason played him. Almost played him smarter than he actually seems. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. So uh, Jeff Daniels is uh, James Comey. I think he does a good job. The rest of the cast is great. Uh, Una Chaplin is in it. Um, as one of like his FBI team, and if that name sounds familiar, she is uh, Rob Stark's wife in Game of Thrones. I always forget the change name. It's like Talia or something mm. else or something. Right, something. right, right, right. Uh, she's also like Charlie Chaplin's great granddaughter or something like that. Ooh. But uh, and, and she's really great in it in kind of a smaller role. The, yeah, the cast I think is really good, and and I just I thought it was a neat enough movie. Again. I don't know. Maybe I need to learn more about James Comey because I went in kind of being like knowing that he had a, you know, role in this whole drama, real life drama that played out. Uh, but I don't quite know everything about him. So, yeah, I did kind of be- believe him or buy him as as trying to do the right thing throughout. Um so maybe that's naive of me watching this show. But otherwise, I thought the movie was like really at a high quality. Like it's – it's good of all the you know recent historical reenactments that you may have seen. I thought it was quite interesting to watch and at a good quality. The writing's really good. The directing and the cinematography is all really, really quite watchable. It made me want to take a tour of the White House. Um, and you know who else is in it is Jonathan Banks, who plays um, he's the guy in uh, Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul. Uh, he's a uh, he he's like the not not quite a hitman. Uh, he play yeah he's a hitman I guess the fixer Mike mm. Ermintrout in Breaking Bad. If you know who that is, anyways he plays like an intelligence guy James Clapper, and just every time he's on the set or on the screen you're just like oh I'm so glad you're here you're unbelievable in this role uh, nice. you're so so good so I don't know if again if you're at all interested in that kind of political shit that's going on in the states. I think it's a decent watch. It's like four or some hours long. It's a mini series. It's quite long, but uh, it's. I think it's really watchable and take it with a grain of salt and all that. So, for not knowing all too too much about Comey, though, Jeff Daniels plays it well. Yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah, again, like you've you've if you've seen footage of Comey, they don't look super alike, but mm. I kind of got that same vibe from him of what I have known of Comey from public appearances. And he certainly plays the like, you know, I'm just trying to do the right thing type of guy. He pulls Mm. that off in the performance. So yeah. And I like Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is good. He's a good actor. Well, The thing thing too, about like this, like the last four years, I've really wanted the television show The Newsroom to come back and uh, Jeff Daniels is the you know the the lead role in that yeah. in that show and it's one of those things that like it 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 has it mixes drama like a dramatic story with current events and like 
God damn, wouldn't that be cool for Jeff Daniels to come back and play his character from the newsroom to to like sort of react to every all the shit that's going on yeah. uh, in the States. But uh, yeah, so it would be really cool to actually get to see a political drama with, with Jeff Daniels. So I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought it was good. But once again, as you're watching it, you're like, nobody can be this good. You know, like nobody can be this dedicated to the promise of America and also the, you know, this wonderful family man. And, the, and, and it, it, you know, it talks about how hard it was on his family that people blamed him for the outcome of the election. And he was just trying to do the right thing. And I don't know, but, but again, maybe it's the kind of like the centrist in me is that I do kind of buy that someone could be like that in as mm-hmm. divided as a country as the United States is right now. I, I just maybe it's wishful thinking, but I wanted to believe that there are people higher up in those institutions that do believe that there is an objective right thing to do, even if it plays against your personal politics. So, you know, because as far as I know, Comey was like, he's like a uh, longtime Republican. So, yes, he investigated Hillary Clinton and reopened that investigation right before the election. But then he also came out against Trump for, you know, because he he thought it was uh, obstruction of justice for Trump to ask for loyalty from him. So I don't know. I want to believe that he's he's more balanced in that way. For those of you who may have had your head cocked a little bit since Paul said the word centrist, uh, this is somebody who has a a moderate or balanced uh, political views. Yeah, why? What else could I have said about it? I, I just don't think everybody knows the, the word centrist. Really? Or centrism, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and centrist is actually the maybe the wrong term, even what I mean. I just... There, centrist is a version of a political wing right now. It's, you know, like Joe Biden, let's be honest, is a centrist. Justin Trudeau, Barack Obama, these are all centrist guys. I'm not quite that, but I but I do like to have objective and balanced views, that's for sure. I remain caught up on The Boys. I tend to watch it Thursday nights uh, when it comes out sort of slightly ahead of its official uh, release date of, of Fridays on uh, Prime Video. Uh, still very much enjoying it. It's still very much, again, uh, character development. The character development uh, this season is really big on the new hero in Seven, the new Soup, uh, who is named... Oh, boy. <laughs> Stormfront. There we go. She's so good. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, King Rocktographer Tyson uh, pointed me to a clip of her from another show because I'd not seen her beforehand. She's great in in a couple of Was things. The newsroom. I've seen her. Um, I can't remember. I'm because she was sorry. in the newsroom. She played. Uh, that sounds about she right. Actually, one of the main protesters in the Occupy Wall Street movement. Oh. Um, and she was. Phenomenal in that. Her name's Aya. Yeah, some, some, some. Uh, Anthony Starr playing Homelander does uh, remain the, oh, just like the key portrayal of um, kind of a losing it sociopathic god mm. uh, in this world where he's pretty much still behaving and is is just just an iota away from melting the entire planet um, it's uh, he's his portrayal he makes he absolutely makes this show and yeah more development on stormfront uh, that we see in in this last episode and i'm i'm enjoying it thoroughly how's the balance between you know you've got uh stormfront who sounds real good and you've got Homelander, who's unreal, and even uh, Sparkle Girl, 
What's her name? Starlight. Starlight. Yeah. Sparkle Girl. <laughs> she reminds me of like a Rainbow Bride character, just yeah, her costume and everything. She's sweet. Don't get me wrong. She's a rad character, but uh, and she, doesn't she shoot sparkles out of her fingers? Um, mostly her eyes, and yeah, I guess her hands too. Sure. Okay. So not the sparkles, but uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think that. Um, but then there's the boys. Which yeah. I've told you, I like. I don't care about these guys. I hate the lead actor, Carl uh, Urban. No, Billy Butcher. oh, not even Carl. Carl Urban is fine in his like half-assed Jack Sparrow impression. No, the like the dude, the kid. Oh, Huey. Huey. Yeah. Huey. Yeah. So like, I hate watching him. Their whole thing I find boring. How's clearly we all just want Homelander and soup stuff. So what's the balance? Um, it is balancing a little bit more. I would say just slightly. It, more substantially, anyways, the, the the plot development is more substantial when you're with the soups. And I think right. there is um, probably, in terms of time, a little bit more weight on the soups right now because there is stuff happening. There are there are things that are developing, um, and and there is a little bit of crossover. There's a little bit of you know, right. I won't say side shifting. This latest episode had a hell of a, of a woe moment. Mm. Um, and I'm, I, yeah, like I won't get into it, but um, it's it's just it's it's great to find out who Lamplighter is. Uh, that's that's the one spoiler I will give you. And when you find out who it is and who this actor has played previously, your mind will just go. Oh really? Oh my goodness! Isn't it like every episode a woe moment though? They, absolutely, Isn't it one of those shows Absol- from episode one. Uh, and I, I sat there with my mouth open as the credits ran. I'm like, oh my god! They don't all end like that, but there, there is generally something in each episode yeah. that is like, wow! And I'm super impressed with this series. Like, it is what would keep Amazon Prime Video afloat for me if it wasn't also connected to the silly Amazon thing. But right. anyways, thoroughly enjoyed yeah, that, that. That guy that plays Huey. It was just last week that I found out that he's the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Are you kidding me? Oh my me? God, really? Oh, yeah. Really? His name's his Jack Quaid is his name. Yeah. And then, yeah, his, his parents are Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Now, of course, Jack Quaid. That makes perfect sense. That makes sense to me, too, because his face is as such that shouldn't be on television. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to put it. Great way to put it. Right? Like, and I just, you know, don't get me wrong, nor should mine, but uh, so it makes sense to me that he's got famous parents and that's why he's in this business. I think a little bit of nepotism going on there. Possibly. So I don't mean to shit on this guy all the time. I just don't care for him. And uh, do you know he also plays... The main character, really, uh, Boimler on Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't. Okay, cool. And he's very, like, rapid fire. He's only slightly less annoying in voice (laughs) character as well. So I I hate to to crumb on a single individual like this. I just don't care for him. That's all. Last thing we're going to review and recommendation is a video game, or actually a re-release collection of three video games. I'm so excited for this, bud, because do you know that the nerd store right down the street from the station... Epic Games and more. They were having a, like a 10% off new game sale this weekend, and 
I almost bought oh, 3D wow. All-Stars. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, but I didn't do it. And I almost texted you like, should I buy this? Oh, man, that's should funny. I, would you have said, yes, buy it? I was. I would have asked, have you played any of these games before? Of course. Super Mario 64, obviously you've played that one. Yes. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy. Of course, of course. So the games. problem is with Super Mario 64, it is not, as we have discussed on this podcast, it is not like a redo or even hardly a remaster. Yeah. It feels like a slightly red. Up. Yeah, it feels yeah. very old. A slightly rezzed up port of the 19, I think, 96 um, original game uh, for the N64. The Super Mario Sunshine port is first time in widescreen, mm. looks much better, mm. sounds great, plays great. I'm enjoying the heck out of that one. That is the main reason that I spent the 80 bucks on this one. Right. And then Super Mario Galaxy, I'll get to it. It looks about the same because it was fine. It was a, I can't, I can't remember what, what system it was it on. It is Probably the same. Wii. I, so I bought yeah. it as well. Oh, great. Um, I bought it the same thing because for Super Mario Sunshine, I've never actually played Super Mario Sunshine because oh, I never had a GameCube. My so favorite Mario good. game. Um, such a good game. It's such a good game. Yeah. So I've been playing it for that. Great. But Elisa's favorite Mario game has always been Super Mario Galaxy. Ah. Um, and so we were wondering if it was going to be the same, like, you know, okay. <laughs> I, I'll tell you one thing. I'm the luckiest guy in the world because she loved playing this game with me. Because she just loved being the second player star that collected the uh, the uh, the star jewels. That's my kid too. She loves just being there and like firing little star bits. Uh, so freezing I the can enemies. play Mario all I want. Yeah, <laughs> she's just waving the wand around, and she feels involved, um, right? So. We wanted to see, like, we, we actually went to Mario Galaxy and we wanted to see if it was the same proper. Like, if you could still also be that second player star, because, like, like the, the remotes, the controllers are not like the Wiimotes. No. But they kind of are in that, like, it, it does it does do that same remote thing. Like If they're not using the, the infrared beams, they're using more of the, uh, the accelerometer and gyroscopes inside. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty accurate. It is. And the it's great, great thing about it, too, is that, like, you can actually press a button to recenter yourself on the screen so that if you're in an awkward position, you don't have to stay in that awkward position the whole time. Very handy and a necessity when you are tracking with gyroscopes and accelerometers because yeah. normally when you are normally in the last version when it was tracked with the um, the infrared from the Wii U light bar, none of that changed. So you wouldn't necessarily need to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I've, I've actually I first got it and then played uh, Mario 64 and was like, oh, do I got buyer's remorse now? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sure. did I just spend like 80 bucks on like a piece of crap, like bad graphics game? And then I started playing Super Mario Sunshine and then also we tried out Galaxy and like, um, my youngest son, Kean is obsessed with Super Mario Galaxy right now. Great. Nice. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I think my, my kid's favorite character in all of the Mario universe is Rosalina from, from Galaxy. Right. Oh, nice. So there's been this thing. Um, this, this <laughs> people, uh, the first headline I read was, Nintendo fans pour one out for so long gay Bowser. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Having never played um, Super Mario 64... Uh, I had no idea what this was about. Really? Yeah. You never played Mario 64? Oh. No, no. Right now is the first time I'm playing it. Oh. And it is, it's great, and it's challenging, and I, I never realized how similar the formatics are of those games 
And I was going to say how similar they are to Sunshine, but it's obviously how similar they are to, to Nintendo 64, yeah. where you've got areas, and you go in there multiple times to each of these areas, and there's different things you can do each time you go in, then you move on to the next area. It's, it's a great format. I'm really enjoying it. I am so happy and excited that you're playing 64 finally, and yeah. blown away that you didn't, because this game right now, rightly so, is getting all this cred for i mean when that thing came out that was such a game changer that i mean it wrote the rule book from scratch totally of what a 3d platformer is and i look at that game and i'm like holy crap this is where ocarina of time came from yeah this engine this world building and there's so many things that remind me of it and i'm like oh my god i wouldn't have ocarina of time yeah. if there wasn't a, a super mario 64 and not to, like it just from mario games as well like every mario game since then that is how i mean maybe not uh sunshine because with the flood and everything but for jumpers that is how mario jumps the controls are exactly the same all the way up to super mario odyssey there are similar controls because when I got into 64, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this kind of, you know, you go left and then you go right and you right. jump at the same time. You do this big jump. I'm like, oh my God, you do the same thing as I could do in Gaia and Sunshine. Because it all exists there from 64. It's just like, because it works so well. It, the, everything is so good. The way he moves and jumps and the triple jumps, the back jumps, all that shit, it still exists because it's just so good. They nailed it. Yes, there's on nothing the first wrong try. with it. It ain't broke. It's so good. So. <laughs> This was, and I had to actually go and research this a little bit because, as you know, in last pod, last geek pod, I was saying I want to play Super Mario in the movie, uh, just in this regular speaking voice, the exact voice I'm speaking to you in right now. Yeah, I'd support it. Okay, it's kind of like a halfway point. I'm thinking between the uh, Lou Albano gruff, hey, Bisano, right, and the Charles Martinet uh, squeaky voice. Yeah, because you don't have two hours of this. Woo-hoo. Right, so I'm right in the middle. I want to play Super Mario. Please let me. There you go. So, so I was researching about the you know Charles Martinet as I feel he is really my biggest competition at this point. Yeah, makes sense, right? Because he's been voicing this character for uh, twenty five years, uh, and it really did go back. I thought the first time we ever heard Charles Martinet as Mario was in Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, and it it actually wasn't. But I oh. thought, yeah, because there's an episode of The Simpsons. It's called Marge Not Be Proud, where Bart is thinking of stealing a video game, and video game characters come to life and tell him whether he should or shouldn't do it. Holy crap. And uh, Mario and Luigi are both there, and Mario's line is, It's the store's a fault for making you want it so much. The store? She's so rich. She'll never notice. (laughs) But in a really kind of like Charles Martinet way like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, did the Simpsons figure out Mario's voice to be like so super ESL Italian before Nintendo figured (laughs) it out? Anyways, that because that episode came out in like 95. Oh my goodness. Mario 64, 96. No, anyways, no, it wasn't. Okay. Charles Martinet was actually hired back in like 93 or something sure, okay. and had been doing it in smaller games before then. So that was established Crazy. as Mario's voice. Crazy. Anyways, <laughs> it, so it, so my excuse for Charles Martinet was that this was his first time out as Super Mario and he was still kind of feeling out the accent, this yeah. really thick Italian accent that he gave Mario. And so the line is... In the one of the in the boss battle where you and have you got to this part yet in the game? No. 
Okay, so you so, spoiler alert. For I know a video what it game. is. Yeah. I've, I've certainly seen. You grab Bowser by the tail, you swing him around, and then you let go at the right time to fling him into a bomb. And in the original N64 version of this, Mario would rotate through a bunch of like little teases and taunts. And one of the things he would say is, so long, Bowser. But with that Italian accent, it sounded like, and especially the way it's compressed for a video Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Okay, a 64-bit video game. It sounded like he said, so long, gay Bowser. Like it added a whole other s- syllable? That's right. That's right. So here I'm going to play for you. This is what it sounded like in the video game. So long, gay Bowser. And then this is what it sounds like cleaned up. So long, gay Bowser. And I know we're not actually playing these in real time, Ryan, so just play along. <laughs> I, that's, that's what I was like. How come I can't hear the computer audio anymore? <laughs> just I don't have them. We queued, don't have so them ready. We're just going to do it in post. Yeah, just we'll play, uh, play along here. Uh, so what you can hear is that Charles Martinet, yeah, he did. In that way that you would in a stereotypical Italian accent, add a bunch of ahs and ahs to, you know, things. It's mm. a me. It's a me. Yeah, that's right. It's a oh. so long, uh, Bowser. Yeah. Off a, off a G, you almost make it like a hard G with a guh at the end of it. So yeah. long, uh. And when it goes into the thing in the video game, it sounded, and everyone swore he was saying, so long, gay Bowser. In 2019, Charles Martinet responded to a tweet asking what exactly he said. And Charles Martinet's tweet said, so long, Kinga Bowser. Unfortunately, I don't buy this. The internet doesn't buy this. I don't think so. And tried to put something to rest just cause more controversy. The speculation of what happened is that the Super Mario 3D All-Stars version, this 2020 game, which is only only available until the end of March 2021, just to buy you can still play it afterwards uh it, it, it the the rumor is that this is not an emulation of the n64 version mm-hmm. but it is an emulation of what they call the shindu pak tayo version okay this is sort of a an a, a, like an international edition released only in japan the year after in 1997 and oh king like bowser is known as king cooper in japan right so the, the mm-hmm. line is just switched to bye-bye bye-bye which in 2020, hilariously, people are saying, are spelling it out, B-U-H-B-I. Like ah, as opposed to gay boundaries really now. He's good. bisexual. Opening it up, it's 2020. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> because if you, if you believe the narrative that Nintendo was like, Oh yeah! Whoops! We uh, it said it's, it's the the line was so long, gay Bowser. That's not gonna fly in twenty twenty. <laughs> we gotta go in there, take it out. If you believe that, you believe that the legit line was so long, gay Bowser, and that was problematic and needed to be removed. But that's not the case at all. Why would they put it in there? Yeah. What is it good that Bowser's gay? Was it bad? Is he trying to call him gay? Like it's just, it's nothing, and it's nothing. So that's why I'm glad you had the the actual explanation. Yeah, exactly. Bowser, they wouldn't know what it was in Japan. So yeah. So, but it <laughs> makes for, for an interesting talk about story. This for so long because <laughs> I think that's funny. To me, it's like wrapped in the nostalgia. I remember playing the game. I didn't think it was so long, gay Bowser, but I did note how kind of it, there was that extra syllable in there. As like a, a a young teen playing Mario 64 for the first time, I was like. 
Solongi? I thought it was Solongi. Sure. Solongi sure. about? What is he saying? Like, Which again, make me pause. With all the compression to get this into a 64 bit game, and sound is just like somewhat deprioritized because you've got all this other data to, to crush into this little thing. Yeah, it could almost be anything that he's saying. So put it back, Nintendo. Go in and put it back. We all love it so much. And uh, now that there's even like this, I mean, it's a mini controversy. It's not anything. I don't no, think anyone's actually no. upset about this. Uh, but I just, I miss it. And I want it. And it's so long, Bowser. And so now this is, this is where I don't know. I don't have any of that like uh, boppity boopity Italian accent. So, <laughs> you know, there are going to be, what if in the movie they write me the line, so long, Bowser? Do I just say it like that? So long, Bowser. So long, Bowser. <laughs> That'll be the uh, the great agonizing moment of your voiceover career. Yeah. God. Anything else for this podcast? Uh, I'm almost done watching because I, I sort of reviewing, reviewed uh, that movie Away. Or not, not movie, oh, yeah, Away. Netflix show Away. And I'm like one episode. I think after this pod, like the wifey and I are going to watch the final episode. But it's... Uh, it's okay, like I, because I, oh, I, I kind of said it, it's like it's like this is us, but in space. Oh wow! Because it's just like a, a a bunch of like dramatic things, and part of me thinks of it like the cynical part of me thinks it's like maybe this the the person that's written this story just came out of like a writing class about plot devices. Oh dang! And started throwing things like each episode is a new problem that they have to deal with and each episode is like a new dramatic thing that they're introducing into the main plot or whatever and then I'll, the whole time I'm like are they ever going to get to Mars? The whole thing is about them going to Mars and then coming back and like making it back alive and stuff but I don't know what's happening, but we'll see. It might change my mind in terms of like the, um, you know, the 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 season finale or whatever. We'll we'll see how that goes. So solid did, six, solid six. But it's funny because like over the last couple of days, over on dinner time on one of the movie channels on TV, Apollo Thirteen's been on. Oh, so oh. that's another thing that's getting get starting to get me thinking about because like Away was actually filmed uh, at studios in Vancouver. Oh, um, and the spaceship scenes. You'd think like so if you go back to to look if you look at, there's this like documentary or featurette about how Apollo 13 was made and like how they made those scenes in zero gravity environments right and do you know how they do those there's this jet uh, this KC-135 jet the vomit comet um, they call it the vomit comet and it's owned by NASA and it's it's like a a training simulator for zero gravity environments. Um, and so Apollo 13, those, those scenes that were in zero gra like that look like there's no gravity in the modules, they're actually in the vomit comet. Uh, oh. and they're shooting these like dramatic scenes there. And there are scenes in, in a way where you're like, oh man, I wonder if they're doing that, that same thing. And really this one, no, it's, it's not. They're like, they're, I guess they're on Netflix budget, which is not, they can't commandeer a, a giant plane from nasa so they're doing wire like i guess wire oh, stunts. Sure. oh is it any good there's no it's way. okay listen this the thing is is that like it's okay i think it's uh it made me think i i remember a couple times where i started talking to elise about it like oh i wonder if they are in this vomit comic because huh. some of these zero gravity scenes look pretty good um, but I'm, what I'm thinking is that they're on wires and then they CGI the things floating around them. Like if there's like a pencil floating in the air or whatever, mm -hmm. that's all computer generated. Mm, clever. Um, 
Yeah, it's clever. And they obviously didn't have this kind of technology uh, when filming Apollo 13. But it's just like, kind of took it away. It took, took me out of it a little bit. And I, maybe it's just because Apollo 13 was on TV. But like... Right now, uh, I don't like Paul. Like knowing you, I don't think you're gonna like this. Like if if you do start it, just because it's one of those like, are they ever gonna get to Mars? <laughs> are they are they ever gonna get home? Yeah. And uh, yesterday we thought we were watching the finale, and it, it ended, and they hadn't got to Mars yet. And we were like, <laughs> fuck! Oh no! After all that, oh. but then it, it turned out it wasn't the, like I think it was like we were on the ninth episode. We were on the penultimate episode. Ah, so. good callback. There you go. You did. Yeah, yeah, we weren't on one of the penultimates. We were on the penultimate. Listen, so. as I famously told on this podcast, I my very first rented pornography was filmed on the Vomit Comet. What? Yes. Okay. I told you about this on my yeah. 18th yes, birthday. Right. Brian, do you remember <laughs> this? Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, I blocked but it out. You gotta stop blacking out these things I that so. I would say. Yeah. These are great no, stories of my life. I think so. It's a great yeah, understanding. Less blacking out, more Googling, bud. Ugh. Yes, this is an understanding of who I am as a person, in my heart, to my soul. The, when I was 18, my 18th birthday, I went to the video store and uh, rented my first pornography legally, and it was on VHS. Oh, right. Or maybe DVD, and it was pornography in space, right, Brian? Yes. You remember this? Right. Uh, I remember you talking about it. I wasn't there. You worked at a video store, Brian, right? You're right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, did your video store have this uh, VHS tape? No, I would have been so curious. If I if I saw a zero gravity porn, I would have like, oh, well, I'm getting this for myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just out of curiosity, I'm sure. But Totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Total curiosity. Um, but it, that was filmed on the Vomit Comet. That's that was the point of it. That was it was it was a zero gravity, legit. They get the same thing as Apollo thirteen to make their pornography in space. Three. That's so crazy. Three three things. Three last things. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Um, <laughs> the Sandra Bullock George Clooney movie Gravity. Yeah. Um, some of their scenes were filmed underwater. To simulate their anti-gravity thing. Okay. Otherwise, they had a 12-wire suspension system. Uh, Sandra Bullock is terrified of flying. Oh, okay. Can you imagine you being afraid of flying, and the whole point of this plane is to drop you so hot that you, you, like, are floating? And here's the thing. You only get 30 seconds of weightlessness at a time. Then you gotta climb. I learned that. That's why I'm so fascinated by the porn thing, because it's, like, 30-second scenes. (laughs) Are we going back to this? Yeah, really. Like, you know, what do you do with all the rest of the time? Okay, yeah. go. <laughs> okay, go for their I love video. That video. Okay, yeah. yeah, their video upside down and inside out filmed on that vomit comet. Yeah, and if you look at the behind the scenes, a lot of the stuff had to be sped up and slowed down uh, because they did the whole thing in I think seven uh, or so uh, up and downs on it. And wow. I seem to remember one of the band members was ready to quit, like the the video, like leave the whole thing oh, behind because he was just having such a bad time about it. And the last thing I will say, because you were talking about uh, Apollo thirteen, is that the latest episode of Swindled, phenomenal podcast by a guy who we, we don't know who he does. He just calls himself a concerned citizen, is on the Challenger disaster. And it is heartbreaking mm. and incredibly informative. As, a, as an old guy who watched this live on television, this was an absolutely fascinating and, again, very heartbreaking um, episode to listen to. But please, I highly recommend that. Uh, wow, that's, okay. that's that show on Netflix now. Are you talking about? No, that's Song Exploder. 
No, no, no. So there's no, no, a show there's like on a Netflix. challenger show on Netflix. Like, oh, oh, is, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's I, crazy. I, I haven't uh, worked up the courage to watch it. No, yet. me neither. And it's exactly that. I do not want to be that bummed out. Oh yeah, yeah. challenger. Is um, it a doc or is it a scripted? Brian, it's looking a doc for it's it. A doc. It's, it is a documentary. Oh, yeah, it's out now. Um, it's a docu series. Oh my. Yeah, Dylan. Goodness. Dylan watched it. He was talking about it, and then I, I remember seeing it, and I. I put it on my list, but every time I go by it, I'm like, nah. nah. I don't think I could. It's, it's not the time. I don't think <laughs> I could. It's the same reason why it's like, because I, I would have reviewed and recommendation the last season of 13 Reasons Why, but like in 2020 right now, I'm like, that's oh. nah, not the time to watch this. No, stuff. no. Good point. Yeah, no. Kirsten James will be back next week. She's been gallivanting around uh, British Columbia. Looks like she's having the greatest time as well. Absolutely. I'm so yeah. jealous of her road trip. It's a little cold for her. So I, yesterday here. she reported that she was going to drive till they found somewhere hot. I don't know where they ended up, but the, 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 the temperature on their car was in the 20s. So it's, uh, she succeeded. So we miss you, Kirsten. We'll see you next week. Art Aronson is uh, on assignment for school uh, tonight. So he should also hopefully again be back with us. We should have a full complement of five geeks uh, next week. Brian Capistrano, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Art's here. Art's here. Art's here Art. to say where we can find him on the internet. goodbye, Art? Okay. <laughs> First off, I just finished watching that presidential debate. Who won? That was a shit show oh, inside a dumpster fire. Oh, no. Inside a train wreck. Yeah, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, what a great yeah, description. Yeah, 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 I stole yeah, it from yeah. Jake Taffer from oh, CNN. Oh, man. But he was Did he say that on, on CNN? On CNN. Oh, Bless. boy. Bless. And then someone else on the CNN panel went, that was a shit show. Oh. Like, right after. Wow. Oh, I love it. The American no, people lost. No. At Art Aronson. I took a picture of of my television, and uh, there's this part where it and this is on CBS, and there's this part with with a poll from the viewers. How did you that debate make you feel? Seventeen uh, percent said informed, nineteen percent said pessimistic, thirty one percent said entertained, and sixty nine percent said annoyed. And I took the picture <laughs> because the guy. <laughs> The uh, the host of this, I guess, the uh, just this analysis has this face is like, yep, that's <laughs> that's what this was. Yeah. Incredible. I honestly don't think they can do another one. I don't no. think they can do really? another was one. Was it that bad? Yeah, and it didn't help that the moderator was terrible. Oh, yeah, you can't have that. He uh, was getting ripped. I saw online just briefly. That, why it was so bad? Anyways, oh. this is not Geek Pod. But yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, that's true because he crushed it in 2016. Everyone loved him. It was three people talking over each other. No, themselves uh, that's not a moderator. That's not what a moderator it, does. Exactly. Yeah, Did he crush bad. it in 2016, though? Because I, I remember, I seem to remember some of those um, debates were just horrible. Yeah. Well, that's what I read today is that, like, everyone was happy he was coming back because his performance was widely acclaimed in 2016. But I guess huh. he couldn't keep it on the rails. Um. Yeah. Yikes! I can't wait to go home and watch it. Honestly, I'm. I. Uh, You're a glutton for punishment, I man. I really am. How horrible! I think I'd rather watch Challenger. <laughs> <laughs> there is one line going around already in memes that Biden apparently told 
Trump to shut up. Yeah. Is that did. right? Yeah. And, Jeez. and he's just like, he just won't stop yapping. Yeah. And uh, that got memed a million times. So I'm going to call it for Biden in that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's going around. All right. Nice to see you. Thank you for dropping by. Hopefully yeah. see you next week. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Good no, job no, being don't be. Don't be, man. You got stuff to do. Uh, Brian Capistrano, where can we find you? Places. Uh, well, I, I, I never mentioned in the last part in this one that I am uh, home and, and I'm just kind of live via satellite. But uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me on the air 10 to 4 Saturday and Sunday. And I'm usually doing it from the comforts of this home office of mine and uh, and then doing the mixtape as well at five. And then Boytano913, Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, that, DJ Boytano on Facebook. I completely forgot how I extra myself. <laughs> And so I was vamping until I remembered. <laughs> it's like I was wondering why it was two minutes long. Paulie. Yeah. At Paul Blasino everywhere. And I'm Webmeister Bout on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast, episode 104. It's been a fun one. Thanks for hanging through with us. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.